Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Future Firm Accounting Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Lozanis, and today I'm chatting with Katie Thomas. Katie is a CPA out of Reno, Nevada, who helps firms through digital transformation in a variety of areas, namely through technology improvement, automation, and digital marketing. Today, I'll be talking to Katie about how she's cutting through the noise on social media better than almost anyone with a CPA title that I know of. If you're an accountant and you're on social media, chances are you've seen a number of Katie's posts at any given point in time. For more examples of CPAs and firms who are doing an awesome job with digital marketing, sign up to my free Future Firm Weekly Top 5 email, which curates the top five pieces of content to help future-proof your firm by going to newsletter.futurefirm.co. Katie, really looking forward to chatting with you today, and thanks a lot for being here. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for that really nice introduction. I'm excited to speak with you and talk all about social media today. Awesome. So um, maybe you can just give me a a little bit of a brief background of yourself, Katie. Absolutely. So I started my consulting practice about two years ago. And how I got started in the technology space is actually, I cannot take all the credit. My husband is an engineer and he was doing a lot of process improvement actually in the pharmaceutical world. What we realized was what he was doing in these manufacturing plants is very similar to what we were trying to accomplish at the big firm I was working at. And that is simply passing data from one system to the next and having different triggers happen. So we got together, lots of brainstorming and long story short, we thought, let's see if we can take this same application of automating pharmaceutical companies to the accounting space and see if it interests them. And then lo and behold, it took off. Um, I was able to really capitalize on knowing how accounting firms worked and their processes. And then with his know-how of technology, we were really able to just jump right into it. As part of that process is when I started getting into social media and digital marketing because I thought, I don't really know how else to start talking about what I'm doing, what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing, and sharing information that I know to be true with those out there. And so at the time, I really did not know what I was doing, but I quickly found out I was developing a personal brand for myself. Mm -hmm. And as part of this, other people started coming to me and asking for help for assistance with this, not only with developing a personal brand, but also with their marketing. And the marketing was really interesting because we really were first focused on just practice management, which started once the client said, okay, let's move forward. Let's, you know, sign an engagement letter, pay, kick off tasks. But really it's all just a process. And as we expanded that from that process of onboarding back to the marketing, how do we actually attract new clients? How do we get them into a funnel, have emails to nurture their relationship and ultimately set up a call to speak with them and see if we're a good fit to work together? It just was all one process. I know today we're talking about social media and social media is just as we were talking, it's just a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I think definitely, like you've never been trained in marketing, but I think you've had to kind of learn the ropes as you grew your own business. Is that is that correct? Completely. And yeah. I found that I actually, I love marketing. It's not, I think a lot of accountants don't like it. Maybe because we're naturally likely a bit of a perfectionist and Mm -hmm. want to be really good at what we do. And marketing is not something that we're trained whenever we're, we're going through climbing the ladders of the firm we're at or starting your own company. So it's, it's an experiment and that can be very uncomfortable for a lot of us. Yeah. And and that's definitely something I want to talk about a little bit later on how accountants can get a little bit more comfortable putting themselves out there. I saw an interesting post from you. I think it was maybe today or yesterday about, maybe not overthinking things too much, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, and you certainly come across as a very natural in the marketing space. Um, how did, so when did you realize that social media actually was help, was helping your business? Because you said, 
you're you're you started like um, you had an offering to help um, implement technology at firms, and then to get your message out, you started using social media. Where did do you remember the first time where it actually clicked, where people started maybe engaging with you on social media in a business setting? That's a wonderful question, Ryan, and it was pretty quick for me. So I can actually remember taking my first video and I was not sure if, you know, I was going to even post it because I was embarrassed. And I was like, what are people going to think of me when I post this? Not only like, what are people going to think of me in the business world, but my friends and my family, that was a really big concern for me. Uh, so I decided, you know, I'm just going to post it. I'm not even going to watch it back. And I like the idea of video because for me, video came very natural. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't have to spend a lot of time writing a long blog post or, you know, editing, editing a long article. So it was easy. And I posted it, that video, and then I decided, okay, that wasn't so bad. I can do another. And I think if I recall, probably the third or fourth video, I started to notice that, okay, I'm getting a few comments. And then I decided to do a series where I took accounting firm owners through the process of when a client wants to be onboarded to actually onboarding them to collecting documents. And there was it was a five video series that I took them through. And that's when I started to really gain a lot of traction because my audience knew that I was going to continue to show up and they knew how I was going to show up in the next video. So I felt like that wasn't, I did not know at the time that that was a strategy, but that's when I really started to gain the know, like, and trust of my audience. Mm -hmm. And I think you hit on something very interesting a little bit earlier on in your response. And you said video came across as natural to you and therefore you gravitated more towards that. And I think it's important that accountants and others that are using different types of online marketing and social media marketing to um, do what's most natural to them. Like for instance, video is not natural for me. There's a reason why we're doing an audio podcast instead of doing it on video is because I don't, I don't, that doesn't, that doesn't mesh well with me. But for you, you put out a lot of video content, right? And I, and I assume that's because, you know, that comes across very natural to you then. Exactly. And that's something that I always recommend to people whenever they ask me, hey, how can I start creating content? I say first, identify your strengths. So whether that's audio, like you mentioned, you have a podcast, whether that's video, maybe that's text, maybe that's photography. So let's identify your strengths. Let's work with your strengths. And then let's consider the platform that plays to your strengths and then finally, let's consider the platform that plays to your audience. So mm -hmm. if, if you're going to say that you love, let's just take a, an example that a lot of people could relate to. Let's say that we're um, a makeup artist and you tell me, hey, I don't like um, doing live videos. I'm not comfortable putting makeup on in front of people or streaming this. So I'd say, okay, don't use YouTube. But if you say I'm comfortable taking some pictures of putting on my makeup, then okay, maybe we start thinking about other platforms that support images. So is that LinkedIn or is that Instagram? Well, the beauty industry loves Instagram. So let's go to Instagram first. And so it's, it's again, it's just looking at like, where are your strengths? Um, where are those going to shine? And then where's your audience going to be able to find that content and connect mm -hmm. with it? And what's your goal when it comes to social media? What are you trying to do when it comes to social media? Is it just to, is it to build your brand? Is it to, um, you know, uh, gain new, new clients? Like what, what is your goal when it comes to social media? My goal when it comes to social media is to simply build trust with those around me. And this comes back to whether or not they ever buy something from me. I want them to know that the information I share is simply just true and authentic to me and that I'm never going to try to 
tell them something that I don't believe in or provide them something that I don't find valuable. I think that there's so much information on social media and a lot of times it can be overwhelming to consume because people can really put on a face that is not a true representation of who they are. Mm -hmm. And so I try to always provide value. I try to provide uh, pieces of inspiration. And I also just try to always speak the truth. So whether or not that's, I don't always feel like posting, or maybe I had a bad month, or, you know, I try to always be transparent with that. And I've found that to be really important to anyone that I engage with, um, that I initially, you know, met on social media, or maybe they, I met them first in person, and now they follow me, I just want to always be true. Mm-hmm. And you talked a little bit about um, the importance of a personal brand. Do you need a personal brand to make social media marketing work? Is that absolutely critical? So if you're showing up on social media, you have a personal brand. And if you're not being intentional about your personal brand, then the issue with this is you might not be being perceived the way that people want, or you might not be being perceived the way you want to be perceived. So if you become intentional about your personal brand, that's going to be really important, whether or not you're a business owner who is trying to attract new clients that align with you, your values, your vision, your mission, or if you are an employee. It's really important because you are essentially putting yourself out there. You're attracting like-minded individuals, whether those are new clients for the company you're at, those are coworkers down the road, those are people, mentors that you can bounce ideas off of. Uh, You can attract new PR opportunities. You're building clout for the company you're at. It's so crucial that you're aware of the content that you put out and what that ultimately attracts back to you. And what is a personal brand in your opinion then? So a personal brand's not something that is tangible. It's really how people feel whenever they're interacting with you or anything to do with you, such as your content. And how did you find your personal brand? What is your personal brand and how did you find it? And how well-defined do you need to have a personal brand? So I think that your personal brand is constantly evolving and shaping as you discover more about yourself. So what my personal brand is today I'm not tied to it being that in 10 years because I hope that I continue to evolve, grow, and learn. I hope that I'm not at the same spot I am today. But for me right now, my personal brand is really tied to my core values with those being that I always want to be authentic, approachable. I want people to know that they can approach me online Mm -hmm. or in person and I want to be valuable. So whether that's free information through my content, um, people ask me questions all the time in my direct messages, and I I respond to everyone. Um, and I want people to know that whether or not they work with me, they pay me a dollar, I'm valuable. So mm-hmm. again, my, my values are to be authentic, approachable, and valuable. And that's that's how I want people to feel about me, both online and in person. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, And what about, do you have any tips uh, for those that don't have a personal brand or want to kind of help define what their personal brand is? Do you have any tips for how accountants may be able to discover theirs? Absolutely. So I always recommend that someone first thinks about their values. And it's really easy if you just start with three. So I gave my three that are really important to me. And then as you start creating content, always run your content by your personal values. Like, does it pass through and check those boxes? And if no, then maybe you need to reframe or rephrase what you're saying um, so that 
it's really always carrying those characteristics. I also think that it's super important as you're trying to develop this personal brand and get it out into the world that you consider who you're really speaking to. So who is your audience? A lot of times this is going to be your niche, as a lot of people say. As you become really focused on your audience, it's a lot easier if that pool is very specific and small. So I know, Ryan, you work uh, with accountants and I do too. That's a lot easier to focus on building your brand within the accounting community than if you said, I'm building it with the business owner community or the entrepreneur community. That's so large. And yeah, it's it's very difficult. So define your values, run your content through your values, define your audience, um, and then define your platform. So Mm -hmm. this can be so overwhelming too, is there's a lot of social media platforms. There's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, like there's just so many. So what I always recommend that individuals do is pick one platform that really plays to your strengths. Just master it, show up all the time. Because if you don't just focus in on one, you're going to be spread really thin. You're going to feel overwhelmed. And if you don't start seeing those results, since you aren't focusing all your attention in one area, it can be discouraging. So focus on one. And then as you have time, expand into others. And as you're expanding, I really encourage people to say, okay, if I started with a short form platform like Twitter or Instagram or even LinkedIn that uh, you can just post content that's pretty short and it's kind of one-time content. It's not as easy to repurpose it across platforms. If we can move to a long form uh, type of platform, so like a YouTube or a podcast where we can create this long form content that now we can cut up and use pieces of it on other platforms, that's really going to give you a leg up whenever you're constrained for time. If you can take one piece of content and now turn it into 10 pieces of content. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, so what, uh, you talked about a lot of different platforms then. I'm just curious, which one, which one feels, do you feel works the best for you? So I definitely got started on LinkedIn and that's my favorite platform because it, it worked well for me. Yeah. And that's, that's where I got started. Mm. I've now been exploring a lot more into Instagram and YouTube. And YouTube's really fascinating to me because it is owned by Google, yeah. which makes YouTube a mini search engine. So I'm now, I'm using myself as a test subject to see if, you know, tagging and all these different strategies can really work to gain and build your audience in an efficient way. Uh, so that's going to be super interesting. But mm-hmm. I find LinkedIn an awesome platform if you're trying to work with any sort of professional service yeah. provider. They're, yeah. they're on there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I think uh, for me, LinkedIn definitely works the best, but that also has to do with, you know, who my audience is. And I think it's maybe similar for you, right? Um, what, what about... Um, you said you're starting to get into Instagram. Do you think Instagram is a good plat- platform for accountants uh, or maybe only certain accountants? Um, just curious about your thoughts on Instagram. Absolutely. I think it goes back to who you are as a person, what your strengths are, and then who your audience is. Because if you're an accountant and you're serving the coaching industry or the beauty industry, or I I don't know, I haven't researched all the industries, Mm -hmm. of course, but if your industry's on there and hangs out there a lot, then it's going to be a strong platform for you. Something I personally love about Instagram now that I've been using it more is the story feature because you don't have to think too much. You can just get on, create a story, and you're showing up all the time. But if you're saying, hey, I don't I don't like that, like I'd rather make a podcast, again, it goes back to what you really want to focus on and do. Okay. Um, and how does strategy have to change depending on the platform you use? Um, is there anything you could speak to there? You know, you're talking about short form with Twitter. 
LinkedIn, you're able to kind of write longer posts. Um, is there anything you could talk about when it comes to strategizing your posts, depending on the certain platforms that you're you're looking at using? So something to keep in mind on all of these platforms is they definitely all are different and they all have a different algorithm in terms of what's going to show up on so-and-so's newsfeed, essentially, whatever they want to call it. It's not always a newsfeed. Mm-hmm. It could be Google's homepage, but essentially show up in front of your your ideal viewers of the content. And for example, on Instagram, it's been said that the first hour is the most important to get engagement, whereas YouTube, it's 24 hours. So on any platform, you're going to be focused on getting engagement as soon as possible, but some of them really play to getting engagement quicker than others. So with that being known, you want to consider what time you're posting. Mm-hmm. Are people going to be seeing this? Is it would it be better to just say wait an hour to post or wait a few hours to post? Um, also, on platforms like YouTube, that content can show up when people do a search on Google, whereas LinkedIn, it's kind of just going to show up once unless someone happens to scroll back through all of your old posts. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be important that people can interact with it today. It doesn't necessarily need to be as relevant to a year from now. And you talked about engagement there. What is social media engagement and why is it important uh, to ensure you're having an engaged audience? So engagement something that I want to first say that if you're not seeing engagement right away, it takes time and you shouldn't feel discouraged because whether you're looking for new clients or you're looking to inspire someone or you're looking for a new job, whatever your purpose of being on social media is, it just takes one view to impact who get the impact you're looking for. It's just one view. So I don't want to say that it's, you know, crucial that you're getting all these likes and comments because that's, it's not, but it takes time to get it because you, you have to show up consistently. You have to make sure that people know you, which takes you not only showing up, but you showing up for other people. So you have to go out, introduce yourself to other people, engage on their posts. You can't just expect people to find you and come Mm -hmm. to you. Um, Some tips, though, for engagement is to make sure that you're inviting people in to engage. So a lot of times this is going to be to ask a question at the end of your post. And when you're inviting those people in to engage with you with a question, you have to make sure that the question is something that people want to answer. For example, if I'm an accountant and I do a post about three strategies to improve cash flow. And I end with a question and I say, what are some times that you've struggled with managing your cash flow? Mm -hmm. People people don't want to write that publicly. Like maybe I discuss that with my accountant one-on-one. But if I end with a question and I say like, what are some of your favorite tips to manage cash flow? If I have some tips, I'm happy to share those because that positions me um, as the commenter in a way that people are like looking up to me or I'm I'm highlighting my area of expertise as a business owner. Like people are happy to talk about their self, but they don't want to publicly like shame their self. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I noticed about how you approach social media is you're very positive. And I think that's that's probably important if you want um, if you want to um, you know increase your chances of having an engaged audience rather than constantly po- posting negative stuff. Is that like so? I notice on LinkedIn that you know um, you get a lot of likes, you get a lot of comments on your posts. Uh, so one one of your let's say formula, uh, one component of the formula is to make sure that your content is inviting the user in. Is there anything else um, that you feel helps uh, engage your audience on, let's say, a platform like LinkedIn? Is there anything else that you do, any other parts of your formula that you think help build engagement? 
So, of course, being consistent and then also interacting with other people. But I think it also comes back to your content. So I like to think of content as being in four different categories, uh, with one of those categories being branded. So this is going to be stories about your life, your journey, impactful moments um, in your life, turning points, your why, your quirks, your interests, things that people can connect with. There's educational content. So that's going to be like the second type. And these are tips, teachings, action steps, myth busting that your ideal client's going to want to know about. There's professional content. So what's going on in your industry? What's going on in your office? What are you looking for? So is this new networking groups, new staff? Uh, This could also be testimonials from your clients. And then there's monetization posts, which are launching, pitching, promoting, driving your traffic to some sort of landing page. And within all these categories, there can be overlap. But it's important that you make sure to have a balance between all these posts because if you're constantly trying to monetize your audience, that's eventually they're going to shut off. Like they don't just want to be constantly pitched to. And it's fine to pitch yourself. People need to know what your offering is. And sometimes you might be pitching a lot more than others. Say if it's the beginning of tax season or you just launched a new course, like people should pitch. But if you're just going to post all the time about, you know, sign up for a discovery call here or make an appointment here, people don't connect with that. So the strategy of making sure that you have a balance between your content, that people connect with it and can engage with it, that's so important. And, you know, one of the reasons why we're speaking today is because I'm impressed with the way that you kind of cut through the noise on social media. Like if you think about it, the amount of hours people spend each day maybe scrolling through their Facebook feed or their LinkedIn feed or Twitter or whatever it might be, you're seeing probably hundreds and maybe even thousands of posts a day. And you're kind of numb to all this stuff. How do you, what's one way, or maybe you have a few ways on how you can kind of grab attention and cut through that noise? Is there anything that comes to mind there? It really comes back to creating content that is authentic to you, surrounded by your values, and is helping your audience in some way or another. So helping inspire them, giving them information and education around something that they're going to want to know, providing them some sort of solution. And you will always cut through the the noise whenever you do that. Because people are on social media, in my belief, to find something, whether that's a friendship, whether that's to find a distraction to something going on in their life, to pass some time. And so if you put this content out there, it's going to speak to someone that needs to hear it. And while that may seem like not the secret that Mm -hmm. people are looking for, there's not a secret other than just being yourself providing value and mm-hmm. connecting with your audience. Got it. And on the topic of being yourself, um, you know, a lot of accountants might be introverted. Uh, they might be nervous to put themselves out there. They're concerned about, about what, it's not just accountants, but, you know, people are concerned maybe about what others may think about them. What can you say to these people that are maybe a little bit concerned about, putting themselves and putting their personality out there because that works a little bit better for some and not as well for others. What's your, what do you have to say to those types of accountants that are nervous about putting themselves out there? I totally get it. And I was definitely nervous too. But if you start to think about why you're nervous, it comes back typically to judgment or the stories that you believe to be true about yourself. So to start with judgment, it's typically that you're afraid of being judged by friends, family members, coworkers. Um, You're scared of some sort of judgment. And the only people that are going to judge you are ones who 
aren't doing it themselves. So anyone that's done it themselves, they're never going to judge you. Uh, so when you start to realize that you're now limiting yourself by people who aren't willing to even take that step that you're trying to do, you start to go, okay, I, I'm not trying to play with play on their level and anyone who judges me, they're, they're not brave enough to take this next step. So I'm going to be brave. And then two, the stories you tell yourself, it's interesting how, especially as accountants or whoever may be listening to this, as we tell ourselves, you know, I'm an introvert, I'm shy, I'm, you know, I'm too scared to put myself out there on social media, we believe that about ourselves. But if we can change that to, you know what, what if I tell myself that I'm going to be brave today? What if I tell myself I'm going to uh, let go of that identity that I am shy and I'm just going to take a chance? It's crazy how that shift happens, how we, whenever we change the stories about ourselves, we stop relating to those old stories and we can shift not only in our actions, but what we think about ourselves, which then propels future actions that we have been dreaming of taking. Yeah, good, good advice. Uh, and I think I saw something that you posted today on LinkedIn um, about just starting and not maybe overthinking things too much. And I, I, I wrote um, uh, in my newsletter a couple weeks back that that's my biggest piece of advice is literally to just jump sometimes and see where it takes you. Uh, and I think that's maybe what some some people have to think about when they're dealing with social media. I think it can be uncomfortable. Um, you know, believe me, when I started this podcast, which is only a couple episodes old now, I was pretty petrified to kind of record my voice and interview people and, and that kind of thing. But I think it one thing leads to the other. And I think that's one thing that you kind of echoed on your on one of your LinkedIn posts earlier today. Um, what about um, what about how can someone start then? How could someone get their feet wet if they're nervous? Um, you said maybe stick with one platform, start like that. Like what would you do if someone's nervous? And uh, what would you say to them to kind of get their feet wet? Like what's one of the first one or two things they should be doing if they want to get started with social media marketing and getting themselves out there? They have to realize that the hardest part is going to be pressing post. So creating the content that's already within you. You might be telling yourself that you're not creative or you could never come up with ideas, but you have everything that people want, your unique experiences, your knowledge. That's that's what people are going to connect with. And so a lot of times the easiest content to create, especially when you get started, is educational content. So what what do you know that your audience would like to know more about? Where are their problems at? What can you teach on? And you can keep this so basic. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to sound like a guru. It's, you know, taking this and making it sixth grader information that anyone can digest and just keep it basic. So think about five questions that you're commonly asked by your clients. Those are your first five posts. And whether that is written, whether that's an audio of some sort, or that's video, just commit to it. And like I said, the hardest part is, for, at least for me, at first was pressing post. So just press post. And then I seriously just walked away. I remember I was like, I'm, I don't want to log back in tonight. And not saying that's the best way to do it, but it's whatever you have to do to get over it. So yeah. if reading it over and over again helps, if leaving it for the night, but just press post and you, you're valuable. Everyone, everyone's valuable. And no matter what part of your journey you're at, someone who is just one step behind you needs to hear your advice and have your wisdom and your guidance. You don't need to be Oprah or Gary Vee <laughs> or someone way, way in the future, like at the, where you're going to be down the road. It's just you, people need your advice when they're one step behind you. And I think that's a really good piece of advice is to start with more educational content because that's easier to share. Right. So I think I, I really like that, 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 uh, that tidbit. Um, so I think people also have to be comfortable knowing that not everything that you post is going to perform well. 
Um, and I think you talked a little bit about experimenting and you're experimenting right now on YouTube to see how, to see how that performs. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, maybe some of the successes you've had in, in social media and maybe some of the things that were uh, that, that didn't work out that well? Is there anything that that you can maybe share, like things that have big, big have been big successes for you on social media and things that might have been flops? Absolutely. So on a very general level, anytime you are pitching, I would say 99% of the time, that engagement on those posts is going to be much lower than on something that's more inspirational or educational. But if you just look at the engagement, you might say, okay, engagement's lower, but maybe you got more calls booked or more people signed up for your webinar, like data on one piece, say like on a piece of content doesn't always translate to its impact on the money in your bank account. However, that's just talking about engagement. If we wanted to talk about actual like flops in social media. So as we talked about a little bit before, I got started on LinkedIn and I didn't have a strategy on any of the other platforms. So I thought, you know what, I'll just show up on them. I'll just share the same content on them. So pretty much a lot of my LinkedIn videos are posted on my YouTube and I didn't optimize titles. I didn't add any keywords. I didn't, I didn't change the content. I would post it on the same day. And I mean, compared to how a lot of people would grow on YouTube that I was a flop. Yeah. I wasn't being intentional about it, yeah. but had I been, I would probably have a bigger audience there now. And that's not to say that you need to go into social media and be extremely intentional with every single piece of content and optimizing everything. Because even if you do that, which at first it's, you should just focus on simply showing up and posting. But even if you try to understand the algorithm to a T, I really don't think you can, because I know sometimes for me, I'll post something and I'll be like, wow, I just threw that together. I should have put more thought into it and it'll do really well. Yeah. And sometimes I'll like put more time into something and I'll be like, that really didn't show up too much. So you can't be objective, not only about your content and what people are enjoying, but you can't also be objective about the algorithm because you might have just posted a few minutes too late, or maybe you posted a few minutes too early, or maybe LinkedIn's now favoring posts that are this long and prior yeah. they favored posts that were a little bit shorter. It's you never really know, but you can't take it personally. So I always like to say, like, you know, especially at the beginning, don't be afraid to experiment in what you really think your audience enjoyed might not be what you enjoyed, like you thought they would enjoy. So just try to see what works, see what sticks, see what resonates with people, and then provide more of what they seem to be interested in, because that's that's what's going to keep them coming back. And you talk about showing up. What is showing up exactly? Is this, and sometimes I see some people say, you got to post 100 pieces of content a day. And others say, well, let's just focus on the quality of it and post once a week as long as it's good quality. What what is your what is showing up for you? And what do you have to say about those that maybe say you gotta post 50, 60, 100 different things a day? <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot imagine <laughs> posting so much. To me, showing up just means being as consistent as you can. So maybe you're known for posting a great article once a week. That's perfect. Now, you might not grow as fast in terms of your audience and your engagement um, as if, say, you posted three times a week a great article. And that's fine. I don't think you should ever suffer quality for quantity. And sometimes, for example, I try to always post three times a week on LinkedIn. And now I've increased that to posting more like four to five times a week. But you might go on vacation and you might not have someone that can 
share your content for you while you're gone. Like you might be gone for a week and that's fine. So showing up is just being consistent with your content in a way that works for you in your schedule. Right. So that's been a common theme throughout what you've been talking about is be yourself, be authentic, speak to your audience, give useful information. And um, if I'm summarizing this right, you think that's the best way to kind of connect with your audience. Totally. And I think that people start to know, hey, Ryan posts an awesome article every Sunday. Like people start to recognize that trend. And so if you were previously posting five days a week and you never said anything like, hey, I've got to cut back and you posted once, you might lose some audience. But people people like recognize what you're currently doing and they start to expect that. So I just want that to be out there that people don't need to feel like if they want to start doing social media, they're going to have to spend a couple hours each day or an hour each day. It's like, just find what works for you. But I think anyone can be mm-hmm. successful. And, it, on social media. and I think that's what you do well. And I think if I go back to my question about how you cut through the noise, it's you, you, you come across as very, authentic online. And I think people sense that. And I think that's a very good way you show your personality, uh, you show your authenticity. And I think, I think that's how you, you, that's a big factor in how you're cutting through the noise as well. So, um, so yeah, that definitely comes across in, in a lot of your posts. Um, we're talking a lot about things that accountants should do when it comes to social media. What about things they should not do? What are some of the big social media marketing no-nos for accountants? Well, I would say I don't like to say like what's right or what's Mm -hmm. wrong because what's right for one person might be wrong for another. But there is one thing I will say that I do not understand when people do this and that's bringing negativity around somebody, some company, something going on in our profession, bashing something. I just don't see that as valuable because I think it's really damaging to the person's personal brand. I think it's super damaging to the person or company or object that they're attacking. And I think it's also really damaging to you're attracting very damaging relationships because if someone aligns with you bashing somebody or something, Mm -hmm. that's not, at least for me, the type of audience I want to attract. Like, yes, you may get a lot of engagement because people love drama. I mean, that's just the truth. And so people might jump in and there might be good engagement, but I try to always stay so far away from that. And I see it every single day. I just don't understand. And I think that it it's so damaging to everyone involved and also for people who want to create content because it's like, wow, I might get made fun of. Mm. So that's the only thing I would say, like, just if it's not going to positively impact you or somebody else, just don't post it. Got it. Good tips. Um, What about, uh, do you think anyone could manage their own social media marketing? Um, Or do you think it takes a certain kind of person? What's your thoughts on that? I think anyone can. I absolutely do. And I think anyone can become a great content creator. It just depends if they want to. So whether or not they're fearful of doing it, that's different than if they don't want to. So if you tell me like, Hey, I want to start creating content. I'm just like really scared to put myself out there. We can work through that. We can work through that at any time. But if you're saying I want a social media presence, but I don't want to allocate the time to do it or the work, then that's, that's a different story. And you either need to let go of the idea that you want a presence or you need to hire someone to do it for you. Right. So it's more along the line. It's not necessarily the personality, but level of interest and level of commitment required. Exactly. Um, One thing I I, I thought was interesting, um, you had mentioned, uh, I saw online at one point that uh, a lot of people think about 
social media marketing in terms of uh, lead acquisition and acquiring new business and new clients. Um, and a lot of firms are busy uh, in the day-to-day, as you, as you mentioned. Um, but you had said that social media, uh, use of social media can actually do more than just acquiring new clients. It could actually help for branding your firm and acquiring talent. Um, so more along the lines of staffing. I'm interested to hear your perspective on this and, and why you think that is. Yeah. So I think right now a lot of firms are booming. There's a lot of small business owners, especially out there today. And firms, especially if they're not newer, aren't so focused on growing because they have all this business, but they have a talent issue. They can't attract and retain top talent. Everyone's fighting for the same candidates. And this is where having your personal brand or your company's brand on social media is really, really important because the more you can convey your values, your mission, what's going on really cool inside of your company, where you want to grow your company, what like what makes your company unique, that people are going to attach to. And I think that a company doing this so well and having their employees actually recruit not only new clients for their company, but new staff and want to be a part of their company and they're in love with their culture is practice ignition. I know I've like follow all of them on Twitter and I'm like, wow, that is such a cool company. I know nothing about the company's mission. I've never read about their values on their website, but simply because their people are so passionate about their work and have these strong personal brands on social media, you instantly, you like practice ignition. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think they do a really good job. So, um, uh, definitely, uh, definitely interesting to see uh, what they're doing. Um, who else is doing a great, who else do you follow uh, on social media that's doing a great job? Maybe there's any specific firms or CPAs out there that you think are absolutely uh, ripping it up. So, As far as following other CPAs, I don't actually follow a ton of CPAs. I try to follow people in different industries Mm -hmm. in terms of like what content I'm consuming because I... I like to always just see things from different perspectives. So the main people I follow actually aren't in my industry, but in terms of CPAs and accountants really doing a good job. I notice there's Jose Zavala. He's constantly putting out content and quality content that brands him and his company. He's doing awesome. Uh, JJ, the CPA, he has his own brand. I mean, I can't even think about JJ without thinking JJ, (laughs) the CPA. He definitely has branded himself and has his own personal brand. And then there's a lot of, I would say, CPAs that are starting to post. Um, that's that's really exciting. So that's, I guess for me, when you ask me like the top, yeah. the CPAs, I don't always, like I said, consume it. Uh, Jody Padar, she has a strong online presence. She's another one. Uh, those, those are the top three that come to Got mind it. when I think of CPAs. And non-accounting related, non-CPA related, who, who who inspires you on social media? So I follow a lot of different people. Um, this is totally typical like fangirl, <laughs> but I think Rachel Hollis has a great presence. I think Gary V drops a lot of valuable knowledge. Uh, I follow like Jenna Kutcher. I mean, these people are in all different industries, yeah. but I, I really like their different perspectives because everyone says the same thing. It's just catered to a different audience. Very cool. Um, on the topic of technology, cause I know that's an important, uh, I know you're, you're interested in that kind of stuff. What, is there any technology you like when it comes to social media management or is there any automation that you like when it comes to the social media aspect of things, any apps that 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 really stick out when it comes to social media? So, of course, there's the Hootsuite, Buffers, Later for Instagram. But the issue with these 
really comes down to if your platform of choice is supported by them. For example, I use LinkedIn, do a lot of video content. LinkedIn's API doesn't integrate with any of these platforms. So, or at least for videos. So I can't schedule video posts. And so I don't actually use these scheduling tools much. Uh, however, if you're trying to dominate Instagram and Twitter, you can definitely schedule those posts out super easily. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, good stuff. So look, we're just coming to an end here, Katie. Um, for, for people that uh, want to follow you or want to connect with you, um, uh, where's the best place uh, where they could reach out? And uh, maybe you can kind of just share a little bit of what's on the horizon for you as well. So I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook as Katie Thomas CPA. Not too hard to find. Also, my website's katiethomascpa.com and my email is katie at katiethomascpa.com. So if you remember my name, you can probably find me pretty much anywhere. As far as what's on the horizon, I am really excited to help firms focus on branding themselves even stronger coming into 2020. So I'm working with a handful of them on actually going on site and creating their branding videos, as well as doing ongoing content marketing for them. So helping them create uh, videos every single month and put out that consistent content. Very cool. Katie, really appreciate your time. Uh, Some really good nuggets, some really good tips. I'll certainly be following along on all those social media platforms. And uh, it's been great talking to you today. Thanks so much, Ryan. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And I appreciate your time. And anyone who listened to this podcast, I appreciate your time as well.